Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film To All the Boys I've Loved Before too. P.S. I Still Love You. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we do discuss elements of the plot and it will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. One, two, three, four. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. I know what boys like. I got what boys like. Hello. There we go. I called you and then it said to stop and then it said you were calling me and then I clicked to join the call but then it said you are the only person here which is kind of a bit of a like I mean aren't we all ultimately alone we all die alone everyone dies alone yep that's true even people who are surrounded by their loving family well what about people who like have cats and then when they die their cat eats them do they die alone they still die alone they then just get eaten after their death right okay Welcome to death. welcome to the death cast. The death cast, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Like that that popular one, the grief cast, where they talk about grief. It's like that, except yeah. it's way more brutal. You just talk it, about the, kind of the physicality of death, the empty void of death. Yeah, the, the existential fear of death itself. Yeah, that's where we're all going to end up, right? Indeed. But speaking of cats eating people after they die, I don't. Really it happens care all the time. If, yeah, I don't really care if the cat eats me after I die because yeah. let's be honest, it means that if if it's been long enough that the cat needs to eat me, then it means that it's keep keeping the cat alive. You'd, what, yeah, what, you'd rather not the, your cat go hungry, right? Like what use is your body to you? Yeah, I'd rather my cat didn't die. And also then there's the potential that my cat then has the taste of human flesh and might go on a terror spree around the southeast of England becoming a new beast of Bodmin. Yeah, I mean, you could you could spark off something something a bit nasty there. Yeah, it'd be a new great. Surrey puma. You know about the Surrey puma? <laughs> I I know the Surrey puma. My granddad claims to have seen the Surrey puma. I could. He, he also claims he's seen the Northern Lights in Scotland. So <laughs> has he seen? I don't know if I believe that. I think it was <laughs> just he... the lights of a chip shop in Glasgow. Did Did he see the lights of? Uh the glint of a puma's eyes in scotland perhaps maybe maybe there's, there's more yeah. pumas than we know yep i'm not just talking about the shoes exactly although we do love the shoes yep welcome to the puma cast yep and talk all about pumas the most underappreciated of the big cats i feel you yes. know there wasn't a disney film called the puma king was there no exactly or as Americans say, the Puma King. What's What's funny is that pumas are also known as cougars, but in fact, scientifically, pumas also refers to the level above the cougar. So a puma is like an uber cougar. Yeah, so, so puma is like a classification that covers an assortment of various wild cats, including right. the cougar, but the cougar is also known wildly as the puma is this kind of like how all sea lions are seals but not all seals are sea lions <laughs> exactly or is it the other exactly. way around uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah whichever way around it is the makers of the film andre got it wrong <laughs> you remember andre i don't remember andre andre is... the seal you've never seen andre the seal was this was this the hip 90s seal with yeah a, with okay yeah i do remember that uh, I the hip the 90s seal Exactly. I didn't. Rem- I didn't remember the name of it, but yes, the hip '90s seal that's wearing sunglasses and a and a hat. Exactly. That's, okay. Okay. I know what Andre the Seal is now. This is the one. We need to talk about this film at some point. <laughs> we need to talk it's about an- Andre. <laughs> does, he, does he kill a load of people with a crossbow? Spoiler yeah. alert for we need to talk about Kevin. By yeah. The way. Spoiler alert for a book you should not read because its author is a bigot. <laughs> I mean that is true. That is true. Despite, it's interesting. I haven't read the book. But I did see the film, and I did think it was a great film. See, I didn't really like the film that much, but I did enjoy the I, book. I mean, great I, as in that I found it extremely harrowing, and I never want to watch it again. But it was a really powerful cinematic experience. 
Yes, yeah. Um, but I feel as though it didn't quite work as well on the screen as in the book. But I know that I'm in the minority there, and a lot of people really do love the film just as much as the original work. Um, but yeah, she says some stupid things, doesn't she? Very bad. Very, very bad. Um, so don't read that. But yeah, we need to talk about Andre. It's an adaptation of the book A Seal Called Andre, which in turn was based on a true story. So a seal really did this. It's like Airbud, but for seals. What did Andre do, though, apart from look hip? I thought he could talk and he could jump around and he could warm people's hearts and stuff. I don't think he plays sports. Maybe a bit of basketball. This big like, flipper things would be good for that. Yeah, or, or you know, um, water polo would be perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Here's a question, right? Would you rather never be able to eat chips again for the rest of your life or for the rest of your life you can eat as many chips as you like and like everywhere you go you're getting free chips it's a chip fest but you have to dress like guy fieri your entire life like you have to the <laughs> frosted chip frosted, frosted chips frosted, frosted chips, chips. <laughs> you have to eat frosted chips for every meal <laughs> and like the the flame shirt and the sunglasses everywhere you go you can never take the sunglasses off so I have to I have to eat chips all the time. You don't have to, but they're they're forthcoming everywhere you go. So I could basically people would offer me free chips. Yeah. And I get to look like Guy Fieri. I yep. don't see any downside here. <laughs> this is this is correct. Because the is thing correct. is that Guy Fieri, the only reason that it wouldn't work someone wearing what Guy Fieri wears is just the lack of confidence. But I feel as though if, if you had to wear what Guy Fieri wears you would gain that confidence just naturally to You'd wear that You'd immediately outfit. become a very confident person overnight. Is this exactly. what they're doing exactly. in therapy for like um, people who struggle with confidence? They just put the flame shirt on and they're like, go on, get out there and face the world. I'm imagining that... What That's what Guy Fieri is... used to be like. This is his origin story. <laughs> he had no confidence at all until one day he met, I don't know, a member of Van Halen who gave him that shirt. This is a film we should make. <laughs> I was thinking that we could do the Guy Fieri origin story, but I'm thinking it's like a a wish, like big. So one Ah. day Guy Guy Fieri's, you know, he's a simple cook and he's like, oh, I wish I had the confidence to push myself to more. Little high school cook Guy Fieri. Yeah. And, and, um, and so he makes this wish at a town, like a, 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 um, what do they call them? Renaissance fair. Ah. A Renaissance fair. And then the next morning he wakes up and (laughs) Guy Fieri. Americans pretend to be English. Has the beard. He has the beard. Um and he goes and opens up his his wardrobe and just all of his clothes have been replaced by twenty copies of the same shirt, <laughs> ten copies of the same trousers. Yeah. And um, ten he, ten pairs of wraparound shades. He he goes into the into the um he, he he goes he goes into the bathroom and looks in the mirror and his hair is naturally frosted tips and just in in the in the mirror someone's written in in barbecue sauce welcome to flavor town <laughs> yeah that's how it all happened so the, the the film is the story of how he had he they tried to make him then go back to his old life and he had to give it all up so there has to be some kind of sacrifice that he had to make maybe like he couldn't go and be with his parents anymore because they don't recognize him or whatever yeah yeah or um he's just too radical too too much of a radical dude yeah he has to leave town because he's too much of a radical dude yeah and go to flavor town and go to flavor town yeah flavor town is real (laughs) (laughs) flavor town is real i've seen it yeah this sounds like the kind of this does actually sound like a sort of early 90s film that would have been bundled in like a dvd box set with andre and something else from that era (laughs) Monkey business. Monkey Do you remember business. monkey business? No. Imagine Andre, it's but it's business. a monkey. There were a lot of like kooky animal films in the net. Yeah, 90s, that, there? you don't you don't get kooky animal films anymore. I think that's a real no. Um, There's a new adaptation of Doctor Doolittle out, which apparently is rubbish. I have heard very very bad things about that. Monkey business movie, 1998. Was this it? No. What was it? What was it called? You're not thinking of the monkey, the one monkey where the monkey trouble? plays baseball. Monkey trouble, monkey shines. Maybe? Okay, monkey trouble, monkey trouble. Yeah, it's got Thora Birch in it. It's about a monkey. Oh no, not heard of this. I'm looking at Monkey Business 1998. Two ex-cons tried to frame the good guy detective who sent them to jail. 
However, a group of kids shut the gangsters' operations down with the help of some friends from the animal kingdom. I mean, that sounds amazing. But no, we're, we're talking about... It's got an extremely um, word art cover. <laughs> we're talking about monkey trouble here. A girl's life turns hairy when her new pet monkey turns out to be a trained pickpocket on the run from a scheming gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Star- remember seeing this poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, backwards cap on the head of a child that it's way too big for. <laughs> the monkey's got like a coat with all watches in it. <laughs> I've never you seen know, this, but it looks it's, awesome. It's Thora Birch and Harvey Cattell. It's an amazing cast as well. I think no, there I, was like a trailer I, for this on some VHS that I had, but it was I, but I never saw it. I have and that must have been it. where I, my parents drew the line. <laughs> we we used to have it on video. Of course you um, did. But then look, look look, there's a whole selection of um of of movies underneath. So you've got Andre. A seal named Andre befriended a little girl and her family. Boring. There's no pickpockets or gypsies in that one. <laughs> yeah, a seal can't um, pick pockets because it doesn't have fingers. Uh, Dunstan checks in. Oh, you, yeah. Do you remember yeah. Dunstan checks in? Hell yes. Um, that was also a monkey film, right? Yeah, that is Orangutan. Orangutan. Uh, the Amazing Panda Adventure. Not seen that. that. But that's a very boring name. Yeah, Panda's boring. Uh, Beethoven. Beethoven is the daddy of them all. Free Willy 3, The Rescue. I didn't even realise there was a second Free Willy. Me neither. Um, It's the film where he touches the whale. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I feel like we need more more animal movies. Yeah, for sure. Where's the remake of Mouse Hunt? Although, actually, aren't they actually doing that? (laughs) Are they really? (laughs) Oh, no, Dunstan Checks In has one star on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Oh, mate, that is, that is unfair. But 4.6 stars on Amazon Prime Video. I don't know yes. what to think. I, I definitely believe animal in uh, Animal Prime. Animal Amazon Prime. Prime. <laughs> yeah, you pay five ninety nine a month. You can have any pet you like. It's genius. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you give them all your data and your credit card details. What, what other great um, animal movies. Obviously, you've got the live-action 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that, that is genuinely quite good. We actually watched that the other day when um, Sam and his kids were over. Um, his daughter chose it. And it was actually very, very good. It's got Glenn Close being very good. And there's a bit where um, one of the guys who works in her fashionable office, um, who's like her assistant or whatever, she says to him, what kind of sycophant are you? And he says, what kind of sycophant would you like me to be? Which is That's very a very good. good joke. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got Hugh Laurie as one of the bungling criminals. It's great. And was it Jeff Daniels? Yeah, he's yeah. No, he's he's um he's the lead. He's the lead, lead man, dog owner, the lead dog man, the the penniless composer who lives in a massive house next to Regent's Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how London works. Um, and then of course you've got George of the Jungle. Oh, George is... of the Jungle! Watch out for that tree. What a great film. Um, Gen- oh, genuinely, there's a lot of joy in all of these films that we had growing up. The, the 90s was a really kind of fun time for kids' cinema, wasn't it? Yeah, and even even the bad movies were memorable. Like, Do you remember the Casper live-action movie? Oh, I loved that. I thought it was uh, great. The image of ghost um, Bill Pullman <laughs> will be forever ingrained in my mind. It was nightmare fuel, this horrible CGI Bill Pullman ghost coming out, having just died, being killed by the other ghosts. It was a little bit scary. It was, uh, yeah, it, that, was a, that was a film. You've got Space Jam. Oh, Space Jam. Spitshine. Um, that was, yeah, you got, got good movies back then. Jumanji as well. Oh, Jumanji. All Apparently the new ones are good. I've heard that, but at the same time, I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> the ones with The Rock and Jack Black. Yeah. And it, Karen Gillan, is that right as well? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Who's good? She's, yeah. she's good. But, um, but yeah, I'm not going to watch them. It's not really. No, it's like you're, you're never going to get round to that, are you? Not when no. we've got films to get through. Not no, when we've, we've got to get through Monkey Business and Andre <laughs> and Dunstan I mean, checks I in. To, I think we need to watch Monkey <laughs> Business next. Oh, no, Monkey Trouble, sorry. Monkey Trouble, yeah. And yep. we can watch Monkey Business for the hell of it as well. Yep. I'll send you the, I'll send you the poster. It's literally just like a stock picture of a monkey <laughs> like doing a monkey <laughs> face. And then it's got horrible fonts on it and it says... 
When criminal activity turns to animal behaviour, four young crime fighters are the only hope. Have we got have we got some good comic sans? It's it's in it? really horrible fonts, yeah. It's not quite comic sans, it's almost worse. It's it's, oh, it's really? got extreme word art energy. That is exciting. I, I look forward to seeing this. Yeah. Um, Which no doubt is going to come back around and be like a, a style that people like. Extreme well, word art energy. What was that shit Kanye West cover art that everyone lost their crap over? Oh, The Life of Pablo? Yeah. Was that was that the one that just looked like a bad bad piece of 90s word art? The, the orange. It was orange and it had lots of words on it. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the one. Yeah, and I'm it had a song on it now. called Wolves, and then he tweeted, "I'm a fix wolves," and it got retweeted a million times. Yeah, that was a that was a bad album cover. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> did you hear sorry. about his opera? By the way, <laughs> I I did. Yes, it looked amazing. Apparently, <laughs> he was just like laughing all the time while he was trying to narrate it or whatever. Wish I was there. I'm glad I was not. <laughs> but instead, <laughs> I, I was here. I could be doing something else with my time. Yeah, but the kids have Netflix now, don't they? And they have sequels to good films that exist yes. on there. Like, Two All the Boys I've Loved Before too. Two Boys, Two Furious. Yes. Boys, Two Men. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you make of this movie, Paddy? I'm going to let you... We, we watched it on Saturday night, I think. And uh, we were underwhelmed, honestly. Yeah. It was just a bit... A bit bleh, which is a shame, because the first one was quite good and quite enjoyable. And this is based on the book, so it's a series of books. But I get the feeling that probably the book has the same problem, which is that in trying to continue that story, there's only so much that you can do with those characters, and unless you do something really out there, it's hard to recapture the charm of it, especially when it relies on that classic romantic comedy thing of it being based on some kind of plot or some kind of conceit or some kind of deception that then, unless you repeat that in the, in the um, sequel, it just ends up being a bit boring, doesn't it? Yeah. And I, I was the same. I was quite underwhelmed in it this time around, which is a shame. Um, cause, cause you know, the first one was good. I enjoyed the first one. Um, and it runs into the same problem that a lot of romantic movies run into when they try to do a sequel, which is that, how do you follow up on a story that you want to end as a happy ever after? Yeah, um, exactly. It's very, to, very hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, because you have to add something in to create that difficulty. And sometimes it works. Like Bridget Jones 2 is pretty good. Um, you know, it's not as strong as the first movie, but it's still a, an all right film to watch. But it um, tries to one-up itself, doesn't it? With, yes, all, with all the zany yeah. falling in puddles and such. Yeah, and that and that's how they circumvented the wider issue of plot. Whereas here, I don't think they really managed to get over the fact that that should be the slogan for our podcast: circumventing the wide issue of plot. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Circumventing the wide issue of coherent chat. Um, but here, rather than going down the route of having people fall in puddles, although there is a bit of slapstick, she knocks a, a bowl of things on the floor. A bowl of like coloured weird things? What even are yeah. they? I didn't know if they were like M&Ms, maybe. They or, looked like or gobstoppers. Gobstoppers, or, yeah, but they were too small to be gobstoppers, just... but too big, to, too big to be M&Ms. They must be an American just... thing that we don't have. <laughs> or they're marbles and you're not supposed to eat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 5,000 British men die every year eating marbles. Yeah. <laughs> to raise important. awareness. Public health campaign yeah. um, from the Department of Health. But, They're but closing it's, it, all your local walk-in centres, but they've got money to do a poster campaign about that. Yeah, all because I ate some marbles thinking they were sweets um, based yeah. on viewing this movie. Based on this um, film, yeah. This very problematic film that Netflix <laughs> should take down right now because of the marble-eating challenge. That Why does no you know, one care about the marble-eating challenge? Parents, um, if your kids talk to you about the marble-eating challenge, make sure they're not doing it. Make sure this craze isn't going around your kid's school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is your kid awareness. texting about the marble challenge? <laughs> 
LMAO stands for Love Marvels and <laughs> oh, oh yeah. god I've eaten a fuckload of marbles <laughs> and now I'm dead <laughs> um. so yeah she eats the marbles and then she loses her marbles right yeah yeah that's right that's right um so uh but yeah so rather than having the, that kind of one-upping it through action instead they make the bold move of moving towards teenagers not being able to communicate with one another when in a relationship which to be fair that's quite a realistic issue with relationships in high schools um but in terms of a viewing experience it didn't necessarily make it the most enthralling film yeah because rather than rather than there being a central gimmick that you get behind like in the first movie it is kind of just a load of drama and a lot of it you just think just fucking speak to the other person just do it speak to them and tell them about it and then it'll yeah. be fine exactly it ends up feeling manufactured doesn't it or just a bit fake when like actually if if you want to do a film about that there i think are a number of ways that you could do that you make that the central focus and you have conversations about that conversations with friends where say about how the things they can't say to other people and that kind of thing and you build upon that um i'm trying to think of examples of that being done well and none are coming to mind which i guess shows that it's actually a very difficult thing to do and that's right it is a, it is a difficult thing to do because when it comes to storytelling people like having a central conceit that can be wrapped up by the end of the film whereas if you're and i think that's actually especially about... relevant for these kind of films like teen yes, romance films yeah. like all of the ones that we discussed early on in this podcast and all of the classic ones from the 90s and 2000s all have some kind of conceit like that don't they yes exactly um Whereas here, it's much more grounded in that way and without the whole, whoops, I sent out a fuckload of letters or something like that. <laughs> whoops, um, I ate some marbles. <laughs> whoops, I ate some marbles. Um, oops, I ate some marbles. They didn't taste good. <laughs> cool <And> an ambulance. <laughs> Ow, baby, it hurts. <laughs> um so so yeah without without that kind of gimmick it it falls into the the frustrating bit of a um the frustrating bit of a rom-com it it, the whole movie feels like that two-thirds of the way through fabricated argument before they all come together again and it all resolves itself and 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 that's kind of like the main tone of this movie which i think is why it felt quite frustrating to watch yeah which every romantic film has that moment and it's about how you how you play how you play it isn't it but yeah it just it just kind of felt like that the whole time there's something with Jen and there's something with him. And then there's another guy back on the scene who's clearly way better than Peter, but she's not going to choose him. No, no, no. Well, you say that. Is he? Yeah, he is obviously he, is. is. He better? He's, he's like a handsome, lovely pianist guy. What's so great about Peter? <laughs> he's a lacrosse playing douchebag. Well, I don't think either of them are particularly interesting or great characters um and i feel as though look what i'm saying is i've just googled this film and there's a thing on buzzfeed that's buzz buzzfeed (laughs) buzzfeed that's got 21 moments that prove john ambrose is way better than peter kavinsky so it's nice to see that the film is still eliciting this kind of you know memefied reaction and commentary online which is good but you know i agree Peter sucks. I feel well. Peter sucks in this movie, but in the first film he didn't, and there was quite an interesting way that his character was resolved. And I think the real issue here is that in this film his character turns back into a one-dimensional, just shrug of the shoulders. And I don't feel as though John Ambrose actually gives us anything other than one-dimensional. Look at how great I am. So in reality, I think they're. They're both awful, but at least you get that nuance from the first film with Peter's character. I guess, yeah. But as you say, because both of them are one-dimensional, you have to choose the one who's best out of two people who are already one-dimensional, and then that's definitely John Ambrose. Yeah, but I don't choose either of them because this film sucks. 
I'll go back and watch the first one, which, yeah, <laughs> which like the, the first the the and and there is a stark difference in the characterization between this movie and the previous one, not just for the two male love interests, but also for Lara Jean as well, and for her family. It feels really half baked. This movie, it feels like one of the and for her father, the man from My Big Fat Creek Wedding. Yes, it 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 feels he it feels like one of those. If it feels like one of those really weak Netflix originals that tries to be a TV movie. This feels like a TV movie sequel to the original film, which was of of um, cinematic release quality. And I think that's what I what's so frustrating about it, and what's so disappointing about it is that what what worked so well about the original is that yes it had this core conceit that was very rom-com centric but around that it made all of these interesting decisions to actually make its characters feel like human beings whereas this kind of abandons all of that and 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 rather than having these empathetic interesting people that actually do understand emotion and talk about things in an emotional way it's all straight back to well you did this thing two years ago or oh look this guy can play piano and is handsome I'm remember when we all used to hang out in the treehouse yeah that was fun oh look here's a love interest for the other person who we definitely care about as your number one female friend um it's it's almost like a, a box ticking exercise in terms of just fitting in not necessarily fan service but just making sure that they get those kind of cliches in yeah, you're right. It, it, it's unfair to say that these kind of film, this, a film like this, would be cliched when it definitely relies. This kind of genre relies fully on cliches, but and it's such a fine line. But it does end up just feeling, yeah, cliched. Yeah, which and is it's a, real a shame, shame and it's disappointing because you want it to be good, don't you? And it's not that you necessarily even go into this kind of film with high expectations, expecting it to be a cinematic masterpiece. But you want chuckles, you want to be entertained, you want lols, you want mega lols, and you don't get them. And and you do have that expectation based on the first movie and all the returning cast that it's going to be you know not necessarily as strong but still feel thematically similar but it doesn't it feels much weaker and much more you know it's paper thin you could poke it and the whole movie falls apart and 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 a lot of that comes down to just saying oh well why didn't you just tell your boyfriend that you were speaking with (laughs) your your old crush because he seems relatively okay with it based on the first time that yeah. they communicated your old it. crush and, who was also kind of his friend and then not because he went to a different school and now he's back for some reason yeah and and equally never really talked about as being the old friend before this point um uh, and, and the other issue is of course that you know um why do you not tell other guy that you are going out with other guy yeah there's no kind of there's no real reason for it it, again, it's that lack of teenagers to the ability that they lack to communicate properly. But that's okay if there's a reason for it, but you don't really feel like there's any reason for it. No, no. Particularly given at that point, their relationship doesn't seem to be on the rocks and she then decides to not say anything about it. It is a bit weird. Um, and and like, I don't think they're setting it up so that we're supposed to think that she she's playing the field in that way way either if you know what i mean no not um, at all because that that's not really in her character whatsoever and i don't think they're trying to do that but i feel as though they're just struggling to add in a dramatic reason for there to be friction um when there doesn't really seem to be any reason for it and that's kind of why if everything happens in this movie because people are too stupid to explain things to one another yeah, and no one escapes that, really, do they? No, no. With the possible exception of the the cool old woman who she, she becomes friends with volunteering in the old people's home, who says that no woman should be out in public with that look on her face. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, Which was the best line in the film. That was a good line. It was a good line. Um... But yeah, I was disappointed in this film. It made me sad that it wasn't as good as the yeah. first one. And it's um, also, the title has got P.S. I Love You in it, which reminded me of P.S. I Love You, <laughs> which is one of the worst films ever. So I mean, that, that, was, is... that was very unfortunate. And there was an immediate kind of knock in the uh, in the bad column. 
<laughs> that was one of the few things I liked about this movie. I think I enjoyed PS I Love You more than this because at least PS I Love You had things happening. I felt just... more passionate. My response to PS I Love You was more passionate, so I guess that's something. Yeah, it was more of an this... emotional experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How offended is... and out- outraged and disgusted I was at it. See, I I much enjoyed PS I Love You than this because PS I Love You has things that happen and the characters do things instead of yeah. just walking around a high school like or Jared around Butler an old people's home. Yeah, exactly. You could you could either sit around looking at people being sad in high school. I'm sorry, but if I'm going to watch a movie about people looking sad in high school, I'm going to go and watch The Faculty or something like that, where the reason that they're sad is flesh eating body stealing monsters um but yeah. instead it's just oh I'm or sad even like because... a john hughes film like the breakfast club where they're sad because yeah. they're in detention and it's all existential and stuff yeah exactly but instead it's just it's there's there's no there's no substance behind this movie whereas i think in the first one there was that substance because the the, the way that the characters were portrayed was done in an interesting way um yeah. whereas here they 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 miss that and and i think as they they made some interesting changes from the cast so guy who was going out with her sister is absolutely absent here yeah um and maybe he wasn't in the book either but and he he is in the book a little bit and then he disappears off to college or something like that but he's completely cut from the movie entirely which i think is quite weird because they were clearly very close friends he probably um, got a better offer. He was doing Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, probably. Oh, that show's yeah. not even on anymore. <laughs> yeah, he was, I know, he, loads about he, television. He, he turned up to go and film Game of Thrones and was like, oh, wait, everyone's gone. Yeah, why am I standing um, on this cliff on my own? <laughs> wearing, wearing this bearskin coat. Yeah, um, and then Ed Sheeran walks up and he's like, all right, mate. <laughs> Hello. I was in this. <laughs> Do you? um yeah oh this was good wasn't it do you want to hear me sing a beatles song <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna go and play myself in a film now and i won't <laughs> even do that well <laughs> bless his cottons um but yeah this was i uh, I, i'm sad i didn't make many notes but one of the notes i made says phil specter and i can't remember why you have no idea why nobody in this shot shot their wife did they i don't think so oh no it's because the opening wasn't the opening track like a ronette song or something it was actually i think there was actually quite a nice title sequence with it like a one of the phil Spector era love songs and then it went downhill from there there was a cool cover version halfway through but i can't remember what it was a cover of (laughs) but i definitely remember there was a Oh, girls just want to have fun. It was a cover of "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," and it was like a oh moody, yeah, I didn't like it. A moody pop, moody pop cover, and I was like, I can dig it. No, I don't. I, I don't like it. those moody pop covers of upbeat songs. I love it because I find it. It works maybe one time in ten. The rest of the time, it's just like sub John Lewis advert nonsense. But it's it wasn't John Lewis adverty because it actually wasn't just one sad person playing a piano. It had instruments in it. And All right, well, I, well that's I like fine instruments. Then. <laughs> and like that, that um, cover of "The Power of Love" by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, which is your all-time favorite song. Oh yeah, I love that cover. It takes all of the power and, um, you know, subtlety of the original song and gets rid of it. That's <laughs> what I love about it. Yeah, see, I, I did, I did not care for that cover. It's really it, many people have covered that song, ourselves included, if you recall. But I think you still Indeed. have to keep it upbeat, don't you? You still have to keep the keep the kind of energy to it. It's a it's a sort of it's a peppy song, isn't it? Nah. Turn everything <laughs> moody. Turn everything moody. Everything deserves to be given a moody moody go. Cool. It, it matches this. Is film. that your that's your life rule? Yeah, make things sad. You know who you would like? The moody blues. <laughs> I'm a moody blue at the moment. <laughs> yeah, is that a football um, thing? Uh, no, I support Liverpool, who play in red. I'm <laughs> not a moody blue. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like it when people mess around with covers. And we've done a we've done a moody cover ourselves. Have we? Yeah. Of what? 
We've got chills there multiplying and I'm losing control. Yeah, but the thing is, we still kept like a kind of quite thumping drumbeat or whatever. We slowed it down, but it still had kind of big energy and it had this power, big, powerful climax and it didn't but feel it's flat. Mood, but it's moody. That's yeah. my point, is you can yeah, make yeah. moody... It, you don't have to keep songs upbeat if they're initially upbeat. You can no, turn but them that's, that's the one time in ten that it works. But when, when we do it, <laughs> when we do it, it's fine. When, when we do it, it, it's fine. When a, when a successful out. film on Netflix does it, get out. <laughs> get out, Netflix. Yeah. Um, no, I I stand that cover version. That is fine. Yeah. Um. So there's also a bit where they set off those those like fire lanterns that everyone knows are really really bad for the environment and they kill seals and stuff. So they shouldn't have included that. That's problematic and not cool. I think it's fine. Seals deserve to die. <laughs> Especially Andre. <laughs> that's Especially how, that's Andre. how Andre died. He got tangled up in one of those. Yeah. There's, you know, there's the, they should show the aftermath of that scene, though, where one of them sets a tree on fire, another kills a seal. One of them yeah. just, just slowly <laughs> descends into a hospital and then the hospital explodes. <laughs> yeah, or it starts like a bushfire. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I want from this yeah. film. So uh, I'm not excited for the third movie in the series anymore. It's an, it's obviously going to happen, isn't it? Because it, it is. It is made. It's it, made money. I imagine it has washed its face. So Netflix they, doesn't release any figures. But it, when we were watching it, it did say it was number one in the UK on that day. So it must be doing all right. They have already announced it and possibly started filming it. Actually, right. Okay. Um, to all the boys, might as well just get it out of the way. Always and forever, Lara Jean. It's called. Okay. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be about. I imagine that maybe there's another boy that she loved before. Um, yeah, that uh, seems to generally be the conceit. <laughs> generally. But, you know, shooting films one after the other definitely works as case in point. Beethoven and Beethoven 2. Shot concurrently, both really good films. And Beethoven 2, Be- sorry, Beethoven's second is a perfect sequel. <laughs> it certainly is a sequel. <laughs> um... <laughs> The 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 when other was the last exam- time you saw Beethoven's second? God, I remember not even really liking it as a kid. So I imagine <laughs> that as an adult, I probably don't like it. Um, the perfect Why example not? We're of doing filming. Next time, then. Uh, the perfect example of filming uh, films, uh, filming films back to back is King Solomon's Mines, followed by Alan Quatermain and the Lost City of Gold. Have you seen these movies? <laughs> Didn't I've seen these with you? I think possibly. possibly. I make every many years them. ago watched them and i think i recall probably falling asleep during the second one because it was about (laughs) three in the morning (laughs) so these were um a pair of indiana jane knockoffs based on obviously king solomon's minds the the adventure novel um uh (laughs) and they filmed them back to back (laughs) and they're beautifully low budget and terrible um they're brilliant they are they are absolutely wonderful um starring richard chamberlain sharon stone john reese davies um what's more to like about it it's it's great it's great i think um the second one has james l jones in it as well oh does it yeah so i can't um, remember the second one at all but i remember the first one being a brilliantly cheap adventure yes so (laughs) that's our recommendation this week go and (laughs) track down don't don't watch all the boys too it's boring (laughs) go and watch king solomon's minds track down 1980 1985's king solomon's minds and more importantly alan quatermain and the lost city of gold um they're they're the greatest movies ever made yeah your faves yeah i'm down with those movies um, they should remake them, but have like downbeat covers of pop songs soundtracking them. Just a downbeat cover of the Indiana Jones soundtrack. Just some like synths, just like howling in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor score to Indiana Jones. Yeah, drum just kind of going. Occasionally, just going. Yeah, I'm, I'm fading I'm out. Fully on board with this. This should happen. Yep. King Solomon's Vines. <laughs> it's about the demise of the video sharing platform Vine. Yeah. Oh, Vine. Taken from us too soon. Yeah. RIP Vine. And now we have TikTok, of course, which I have definitely used before. That's TikTok. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, TikTok, which is just Vine. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Basically. So anyway, in this film, there's like high school, there's people doing that whole like singogram thing where they go and like sing to people, but they're all kind of a bit out of tune and it's a bit nasty. I hate that. I'm really glad that wasn't a thing when we were in school. I don't even know if it's really a thing at all outside of movies. But it, and it always makes me think of that, you know, in this in the Simpsons when is it Marge is like having an affair with the guy? It's not really an affair, or whatever. But he sends a guy and he goes, "You are so beautiful to me." Yeah, that can't you see? <laughs> can't you see? It always just makes me think um, of that. Yeah. I I really hate it, and I don't yeah, understand. I don't understand why anyone would want to do that either. It it comes back around to. I mean, sexy sex man Sergio a, Flores is another matter. Yeah, because that's something that everyone that's, could get on board with. That's taking it to its logical conclusion. <laughs> yeah, but 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 the um, just just having a bunch of singers turn up again. It ter- it it turns into the forced public displays of affection on another person, where you can't really get out of enjoying it because you know what do you do if a bunch of people turn up to sing at you do you run away and hide somewhere until they go away you can't really do it it's the same as um you can't do it if you're in the classroom no it's exactly like in yesterday when he turned on the backstage camera that doesn't exist on his ex-girlfriend at wembley stadium in front of eighty thousand people yes it's the same as that it's exactly the same a school yeah. a, a class at school versus 80,000 people at Wembley it's what um, we call but, but a it's, dick move but, but yeah exactly they're both a dick move so get out of here with that bullshit <laughs> yep not not down with that the only reason to do something like that is to go and sing I hate you at someone <laughs> on, yeah. on anti-Valentine's Day <laughs> yeah where you <laughs> You find the person you hate the most and you send them spiteful messages. Yeah, like Puddle of Mud do a lot of business on that day with that one song. <laughs> with that one song they did. How's it um, going? I fucking hate you. La 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 la. <laughs> I'm wearing a beanie in every video and I don't know why. It's quite hard would... in here. <laughs> They tried to clone Kurt Cobain and it didn't quite work. <laughs> I'm, That's not why he's wearing I, the beanie. Yeah, <laughs> underneath he's just got an exposed brain. Yeah. Um, Gruesome. Uh, um, but that's a, that's yeah. a film, like anti-Valentine's Day. It could be like that yeah. Gary Marshall film, Valentine's Day. So like a huge cast of people who are in it for five minutes and all phoning it in, all talking about telling people that they hate each other in a big chain of events that comes full circle. We could make this film. We could we could definitely do that. I I, I guess the question is Unvalentine's Day. Un, yeah, the the Unvalentine's Day though. I don't think you can get too nasty though. Like you don't want to be sending death threats, but I, it's got to be minor things like just saying I hope you get constipated tomorrow <laughs> or things like yeah. that. I hope you step on a rake. Yeah, I I hope there's traffic on your way into work. Yeah, yeah. I hope your train comes in and it's eight coaches instead of 12. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. you can't go too you can't go too big with this. It's got to be the minor things, minor spiteful things. Yeah, and you know, just show the appreciation for those kind of little minor things that make up daily life and that cause hate over a period of time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hope you can't get your favorite sandwich on your way to work. Yeah, I hope all the colleagues who stop you from doing any productive work in your open plan office talk to you endlessly all day about nothing. Is that speaking from experience? (laughs) That's everyone's experience of an open plan office. (laughs) There are no exceptions to this. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So, yeah, that would be a better film than To All the Boys I've Loved Before, too. P.S. I still love you. Yeah, yes, um, I still love you. Also, there's a bit where like they're standing in front of jellyfish for a long time, and jellyfish are really disgusting. I didn't like that. See, I think that was quite interestingly filmed. I liked that quite. I thought in that an was, aquarium. I thought that was a, a a nice little artistic flourish. 
Yeah, I, I have um, to say, actually, I, I thought the cinematography was quite nice. There were some yeah. very, very good shots, some bits that looked very, very good and nice angles and stuff. And all the locations seemed to work quite well, actually, for what it was doing. Even the sort of cityscape shots where it was like, oh, they're on a date and they're going out in the city. It actually, the cinematography, I think, told more of a story than the actual story. Yes, yeah. There, there, there was some really nice stuff there. It's just a shame that the actual content of the film was, was pretty weak. Yeah, um, it's still it's a 21st not quite, century problem. Poor content. It it didn't annoy me as much as Sierra Burgess is a loser, which I think had. But that was seri- for very different reasons. Yeah, which which I think had serious moral issues with it. But I think at least that film had characters that they tried to develop. Whereas here, I think this guy was in that film as well. He was. He was. Um, he was being catfished. Here, whereas here, I think the characterization is where it really fell down. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't honestly tell you anything about any of those characters apart from that John Ambrose plays the piano and was in Model UN. He plays the piano and he helps old people. Yep, that's how you know he's a good guy. And the thing is that there's got to be something wrong about him. So in my mind's eye, I'm thinking he he like goes out and kills people's animals at night. Yeah, yeah. He sneaks in through the the cat killer. He sneaks in through the cat flap and then spikes the cat's food. (laughs) He's skinny enough to get in the cat flap. And just, like, kicks in a dog's head. <laughs> yeah. That's Only small does. ones, though. Have you noticed that there's no animals in all the Boys? This is true. This is true. I never it's thought about that. because John Ambrose no one, is No one's volunteering the for the pet shelter at the school volunteering day, which is not a thing here. Well, the problem is that they had to close down because John Ambrose volunteered at the pet shelter and then all the animals died. Yeah, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> Just walked in one day and he just just there in the kitchen with this giant pot just stirring. Is that, is John that Ambrose's tomato? marvellous medicine. <laughs> is that tomato sauce, John? I was like, no. No. And you just see like a whole budgie float to the surface. <laughs> um, yeah, John Ambrose, animal killer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Animal house. That's what they could call it. <laughs> it's John Ambrose's house and it's just full of dead animals. Yeah. Or maybe they could make like a new Doctor Doolittle but with him in it and instead of talking to the animals, just murders them. Doctor or he, he can talk to them but he uses that power to murder them. That's the sequel to Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle thought he was alone in that power but actually there's also Doctor Kill Lots who, um, sne- who sort of like goes, hey, I can hear you. I can hear you little panda bear come over here i've got some bamboo and then just gets out a massive machete and just it wouldn't be good though because you know the only good doctor Doolittle film is the one with eddie murphy that is the only good one and it's even the, then, it's the, ori- the original was... and best <laughs> i don't even know if it was actually that good but i seem to remember it being fine i can't What's... remember it if i'm honest What's interesting is that you've got to go down quite a long way. If you search, if you search "doctor" as in "dr" in IMDb, the first thing that comes up is "Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman." Of course, uh, Mulholland, Mulholland Drive. You don't, you've never seen "Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman." No idea what that is. I say, how could you? Doctor Quinn, Medicine. It was Jane a TV. Seymour. It was a TV series about a doctor in the Wild West. Oh, it's, it's, it's apparently stars Jane Seymour, the wife of Henry VIII. Yes, she she did survive and then live for several hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jane Seymour's been in lots of stuff. She was in um one of the James Bond movies, I can't remember which one. Um she's been in all sorts and she's still she's still going strong and still in a lot of stuff. Um you'll you'll have seen her in things over the years, I'm sure. Um but uh, but yeah, so so you've got Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Mulholland Drive, which is apparently just Mulholland DR. I didn't realize that was its Mulholland Doctor. Uh, Doctor No, yeah. Doctor Strange Love, The Island of Doctor Moreau. That is the terrible '90s version with Marlon Brando. <laughs> uh, Doctor Seuss is the Grinch. Then Doctor Doolittle Two <laughs> comes up before Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and I've got exactly the same results as you. So obviously, IMDb doesn't personalize the thing. Either that, or my cybersecurity is fully working. So good. There we go. That's. I was not getting personalized results. Yeah. Doctor Doolittle 2, starring Eddie Murphy and Cedric the Entertainer. 
Who's that? That's got to be like a bear or something, hasn't it? No, it's a man. <laughs> really? I thought it was... He's an actor and writer known for Barbershop, Beacle and A Haunted House. Oh, oh I recognise this guy. Oh, yep. I know this fella. Yep. He is not a bear. Good name. The only... The, <laughs> the summary is just Doolittle must save a forest and a bear's life. So there is a bear in Dr. Doolittle <laughs> yeah. too. Okay. No, the, the poster is literally him like leaning up against a bear. <laughs> well, that's a movie I want to see. I don't. I don't know if I've even seen Doctor Doolittle too. I definitely have not. That I just love that description. That reads like it was written by a five-year-old. Doolittle must save a forest and a bear's life. It's got Eddie Murphy wearing a gilet in the trailer picture. Yeah, that's hot. I'm I'm down with this. That this would appeal good. to the British upper classes. Yeah. He loves you, <laughs> until until they watch the film and realise that actually he's not killing the animals. Yeah. Oh my god! There's like hundreds of director video sequels. Like, can doctor I, can... Doolittle Million Dollar Mutts Video 2009. Can... I, like, I think the Doctor <laughs> is a dog. <laughs> can Can I quickly point out that Cedric the Entertainer does play a bear in this movie? <laughs> so you were right. So I was right in a way. He. he... <laughs> Wait, wait, you have to look look this up right now. Look up the poster for Dr. Doolittle Million Dollar Mutts and look <laughs> okay. at the really horrendously photoshopped in tiny dog. <laughs> this is one of the worst posters I've ever seen in my life. Dr. Doolittle Tail to the Chief. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you've seen the, I don't know if it was the original, but the one from the 60s of Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah, it's good. It, it's it's not, cheeky and fun. It's it's not Eddie Murphy good. No. Of right, let's not. let's have a look at some of these. Let's have a look at some of these. So, yeah, so Oh at, my god. <laughs> see that one in the bottom right? What the hell is that? <laughs> what is this? I don't even know what breed that is. Cuz it's wearing like a leather hat? Yeah, is that a chihuahua? Mm, uh, I don't know. And then <laughs> And then you've got the main dog taking up most of the room with that sunglasses a, on. It's a giant dog. With like then, one ear pointing up and to the left and one ear pointing down to the right. Then a, then a medium-sized dog and then a very, very small a medium-sized dog. medium-sized dog gazing into the distance. <laughs> like like they're on a Creed album cover. <laughs> yeah. This has definitely got a Christian rock vibe. <laughs> um... Uh, Dr. Doolittle, tail to the chief. Yeah, I see Ma- this now. Maya Doolittle, who can talk to animals like her father, is placed on special assignment by the President of the United States of America. <laughs> of course. Oh, look, <laughs> I, I didn't notice at first, but she's re- she's holding a tiny mouse with a little, like, president's hat on it. <laughs> can I just point out, <laughs> the, person, the person who plays the president in this movie is called Peter Coyote. <laughs> No, surely not. That's not his real name. Peter Coyote. <laughs> no, he even looks like a coyote. Wait, open it up. Look at his look at his profile. He looks like a coyote. He plays people in westerns as well. Oh my god. Um <laughs> I think I know what movie we've got to watch next. What Peter Coyote's Coyote tails. <laughs> Doctor Doolittle double bill of million dollar mutts and the hail to the what's it? Tail, tail to, to the, the chief. chief. <laughs> why? Why did they make this shit? This is the thing. In like the mid two thousand, mid to late two thousands, they were making all of these sequels. Where did the money for this come from? This one came out in two thousand and eight, so I can only conclude that this was a, a direct contributor to the financial crash. <laughs> exactly um yeah so it was that and then million dollar mutts followed up the following year um we had different people playing maya Doolittle. from the looks of it oh no it was the same person it was the same person don't worry um, did they have a different person playing the president though that's the most important <laughs> that's question the most important thing. but did she play did she play dr Doolittle's daughter in the original movie she did Okay, it is a direct right. continuation. Well, that's something. Okay, I'm down with these movies. These are official. I count these as official Dr. Doolittle it's, films. It's canon. It's the same person all the way through. Doolittle canon. 
Um, yeah, this is great. I'm, okay, tell I'm, to the chief. Apparently, the budget was only six million dollars, so that's not not actually that much when you got talking animals. And it is it is very hard to train animals to talk. So yeah. you know, it takes time and effort, a little bit of brain surgery, especially coyotes. <laughs> yeah, making a coyote president. Yeah, bold move. <laughs> okay, right. So, <laughs> do you, so, so these are all a follow up to Doctor Doolittle three, which is the first time that. Um, that that Maya Doolittle is the lead. She gets her moment. So she gets her moment then, and then got. So she was right. actually the lead so this, in this more Doctor Doolittle is, movies. This poster is reasonably. It's reasonably sensible. It's just a collection of nice animals standing around her. There's a smiling pig. There's two dogs, two geese, and of course a monkey hanging from the the title. They, I'm not going to lie. One of those dogs does look like it's definitely on some kind of sex offenders <laughs> register. The one on the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we could do a Doctor Doolittle series, but yeah, Maya Doolittle has been the lead in more Doctor Doolittle films than her father. No, yeah, he needs to talk to her about that. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Okay, so um, we've got on, on a massive tangent. Do you have anything else to say about Tall yeah, Boys Two? The, the Doctor Doolittle special. Well, it just shows you <laughs> that all that stuff was way more interesting than to all the boys too. It was just a bit, a bit dull. And it just sort of lumbered along with them failing to communicate with each other and having the occasional nice moment with each other, but none of it really grabbed me that much. And it never felt like there was really any jeopardy. No, no, there was no jeopardy. And you you never even felt that she was going to go off and be with someone else. And even if you had, even then it wouldn't have felt like it was really any like dangerous choice because like you said but like both the characters are really one-dimensional so you're just like well i don't really care yeah and as you said it felt like that sort of two-thirds of the way manufactured argument but all in kind of one film but then we also had that moment itself quite near the end and then peter obviously inevitably shows up after she's given john ambrose the boot unceremoniously yes. at the party the boot yep and um, he seems kind of okay with it he's just like yeah whatever and yeah, then he's, Peter, he's, he's made his, like, you know, Peter's fine. made his big romantic gesture because he's like, oh, I know you hate, I know you hate driving in the snow. He did a nice thing, Peter. He remembered a thing about her. He did. That's nice. <laughs> well done. And again, that's disappointing because in the first movie, he felt like a really fully fleshed character. And in this, it comes around to him again, just kind of doing what you would expect the default of a boyfriend to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And being And being praised for it. And it's like, mate. The real title of this film should have been Default Boyfriend. <laughs> to all the boys I've loved before, Default Boyfriend. Default Boyfriend. Um, yeah, this is meh. I've got no time for this film. No, me neither. Go and watch the first one. The first one still holds up. Yeah, the first one's cool. The first yeah. one's cool. I don't, it's not. This film isn't terrible, but it's just disappointing and bleh. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, nothing I was really... disappointed that we watched this instead of watching the final of The Masked Singer. <laughs> Is that with the, the options open to you? Oh, yeah. Saturday Night TV, The Masked Singer. Have you not been watching it? I, I, I've watched like one episode that was on when we went to see my parents. Honestly, it's genius. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm sad that it's over. The American one's on, so I might try and get hold of that. But I just think it's a really great concept. Really well executed. It seemed fine. I feel as though I could just watch a best of clips. Yeah, yeah, of course. You could just watch the reveals. It's like that show, The Secret Millionaire, how you know you only need to tune in for the last five minutes when the millionaire reveals that they're a millionaire and everyone's crying and he's giving out checks. That That is you nice. Know, you don't need to watch 55 minutes of Elon Musk working at McDonald's or whatever it is. <laughs> Not that he'd ever go on that show, the bastard. <laughs> yeah, Elon, why don't you go on it? <laughs> on just that show on... that they don't make anymore that probably <laughs> yeah. was on... 10 years ago <laughs> equally he would definitely be a prime candidate given that everybody knows who the fuck he is <laughs> no, but he he could be any old creep though in a lot of contexts <laughs> just put a fake mustache on him no one will recognize yeah exactly i remember that the chicken cottage was on the secret millionaire <laughs> do you remember that episode no. <laughs> was it yeah um chicken cottage and he went around visiting some of the franchises and was like, I can't believe they're doing this to my chicken restaurant. I'm like, oh, was it like the guy was like the boss of Chicken Cottage? Yeah, so it was like the, the main CEO of Chicken Cottage. Chicken boss. It was the precursor to Cake Boss. 
<laughs> chicken pass. <laughs> where they make like outrageous massive fried chicken dishes and then there's that bit where like they try and get them on the van and it might fall on the floor which is <laughs> yeah. every episode which of is every episode um but yeah he um yeah he, he went around to a few franchises and was like i can't believe they're doing this to my chicken <laughs> um so yeah it was um i i i think yeah it was back back early on or, um, oh yeah, undercover boss. Sorry, not secret millionaire. Oh yes, yes, that's a different and um, a slightly different idea. But they still do the same thing at the end, where they're like, "You've done this." They're like you're going to get a raise, my friend. Yay! Um, <laughs> here we go. The boss of a global fried chicken franchise. God, is is Chicken Cottage global? Is it? Apparently. Sits outside one of his own restaurants after eating a mouthful of the food and branding it greasy, horrible shit. <laughs> that's 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 the peak of British television right there. That is Britain in a nutshell. <laughs> Multi-millionaire Andrew Withers was so horrified after he sampled the dish from a southern fried chicken outlet in Sheffield that he immediately got his lawyers to try and ban the takeaway from using his brand name. <laughs> Rather than trying to teach them how to chicken good. Rather than, yeah. Um, Call yourself a chicken boss. Because I guess it's franchised out just like everything else. Yeah, Um, I guess. So they don't really have that much control over over which cottages serve chicken. (laughs) Yeah, some of them aren't even cottages. Some of them are bungalows. (laughs) Garden sheds. Yeah. Chicken shed. Coming down the chicken shed. Yeah, mate, it's great. Have you ever had a chicken cottage? Yeah, yeah. I've 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 got time for chicken cottage. Well, the ones I've been to have been all right. Yeah. Was it's... it a chicken cottage that we used to go to when we used to go to practice at Clapham Junction? No, that, that was, was... Over the road from there. <laughs> that that was like um, Alabama fried chicken. Wasn't oh it? right, it was yeah, one, one, of, one those... of those ones where it's got a cartoon chicken on it. <laughs> Main That's fried how you know chicken. it's good. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah uh, choose a random state that isn't Kentucky and put fried chicken at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and then get a sort of rip-off Foghorn Leghorn character to be on the door. Yeah, that you probably didn't even pay the illustrator for. You just got it off Google. <laughs> exactly, you still got a a little watermark on it. Yeah. Um. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chicken Cottage. What a restaurant. Yeah, here's here's a hot take. Fried chicken is good. <laughs> yeah, fried chicken's good. To all the boys too is not good. No. Go and eat some fried chicken. Or make your own vegan, fried chicken. If you're good. vegan, go and get a, a KFC vegan burger or make something else for yourself. Yeah, or like you can do the fried chicken recipe, but with um, cauliflower or a whole bunch of other things. More or less the same effect. Yeah. Or tofu. Yep, decent good. tofu. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, get on it. Go and eat yeah. something fried. Yeah. <laughs> You'll thank us later. <laughs> well, anyway, right. Okay, so let's round up. because yes, How are we going to rate this? All, how, two of the boys, two. Mm, nah, blah. How are we going to rate this? Uh, how many arbitrary items do you pull out of your... Um, what's it called? The They dig up the thing at the end. Oh, the time capsule. Time yeah, capsule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the thing where they dig up a time capsule and all the things they put in it was super boring. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so how many things do you pull out of your time capsule? I'd say there are seven things in my time capsule of a yeah. possible 20. I was thinking seven as well. Um, yeah. yeah. This movie's not, not really worth your time, is it? Not great. It's not awful. There's nothing heinous or particularly wrong about it, but it's just... Bleh. There's better stuff out there. It's a cloud of an idea, a puff of a notion of a film. Yeah, a fart. <laughs> In the breeze. Um, okay, right, so what have we got next, Pads? Is it my choice? It is your choice. Oh, I haven't decided. Okay. Um, <laughs> monkey trouble? Monkey trouble. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a choice. John Belushi, Ron Howard, or Julia Stiles? Oh. Hmm. Obviously, one's a director and two are actors, but you get the idea. I am going to go with John Belushi. Okay, in that case, we're doing Animal House. Oh, yeah! 
Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to go down the route of like Blues Brothers. We could. Or... We also could, which yeah. would be fun. But no, I think we, we've actually like talked about Animal House a lot and referenced it a lot. And it is great. And it would be fun to watch it. I haven't seen it. I think it's been just about enough time since I last saw it that it will be funny to me again. It has been a very long time. Since oh, I have definitely watched on YouTube the scene where the Dean says, Quiet boy, or you'll be out of here like shit through a goose. <laughs> uh, I'm Which excited. Is just an iconic line. It has been a very long time since uh, since I've seen this, so I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked to watch this. I may even. Did I watch it with you once? I think we might have done. Yeah, yeah. that might even have been the last time I saw it. But oh, wow. Uh, there, let's, let's not spoil it. Anyway. That's probably the same for me as well, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's very oh. good. Let's get on it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, yeah, we've talked enough about Dr. Doolittle and fried chicken, so we should probably wrap it up. But um, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And hope if you did watch Two of the Boys 2 that you did get something out of it. Because, hey, ultimately, nothing wrong with a bit of romance, right? That's what we're all about. That's what we want. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Um, please leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, etc. Tweet about it. TikTok about it. Tell the kids. Tell everyone. We're here. Yeah, come come get some great film content. Yep. If you want to hear about 90s animal films, this, <laughs> boy, is, this is where got, it's at. Boy, have we got a show for you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. Email BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch. If you want to like um, recommend a film or anything like that, um, or tell us what we've gotten wrong or right, drop us a line. How many boys have you loved before? Yeah. How many letters did you write? What's in your time capsule? If you could go out with Piano Perfect Boy or shitbag lacrosse man who would you choose <laughs> shitbag lacrosse man yeah piano or lacrosse those are your only two life options <laughs> yeah that is the binary of life yeah we'll, we'll do a very scientific poll about that <laughs> oh dear all right and we'll be back next week to talk about animal house all right bye-bye all right, bye one two three four I know what guys want. I know what.